Okay, as usual, we're sitting here chilling to some music, and uh, hopefully everything's live. I say that every week. I feel like a broken record. Well, Twitter just notified me and said, hey, you're live. Oh, well, that's a good thing. Let's see. I just got my YouTube notification, so that's good. We're at least live on two platforms. Yeah, so what do we got cooking tonight? You got any idea? I don't know. We got several things. I mean, we got we need to do some kind of term limits update and let everybody know where that sits. I figured we'd talk about the Senate race because um, I think we have kind of an announcement we might want to share with everybody coming up. We, yeah, we do. And I, I would say that considering there's only uh, uh, a few people that are watching currently, maybe we need to delay that <laughs> announcement. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to just drag out the intro for a while. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll figure that out and get to that. We got a few more people piling on now. Uh, we didn't talk about the Cypress District Dam situation last week in the show that I literally named "Damn It" for that. Um, you know, because we went on for well a nearly marathon show of three hours. Anyway, we're going to talk about some of that. I've got a couple of videos from the last Cypress District meeting that I want to show about that and. You know, Robert Barry is just the gift that keeps on giving, and so we're going to talk some more about Robert Barry and, well, term limits. I mean, I guess that could be part of the term limits update. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear about that damn damn, because I ain't heard nothing about that damn. I, well, I just, <laughs> rumor has it that it's near the end of its useful life, and I don't know, maybe it needs some upgrades, maybe it needs some updates. I don't know, Renee Hall was talking about trees growing up in the side of it, and she was concerned about the roots, so I don't know. Or were they they oak trees, or were they pine trees? Well, I don't know, were they little saplings, or were they, you know, little, uh, not sycamore trees, what's the other stupid little trees that we all hate? Oh, sweet gum. What the gum sweet balls? Gum. Yeah, sweet gum trees. You know, or I, I mean, I don't know. isn't that the state tree? Pretty much it may as well be. But <laughs> it, more importantly, <laughs> along that, we're, we need to show, and we've already posted, the Cypress District O&M, the Operations and Maintenance Account Balance and Transactions, because we got those numbers back for the current one. And I don't know if we posted it, but I don't know if everybody's seen it. So anyway, we got lots to... Uh, Lots to talk about there. I got you. I got you. And we're going to have to do a little bit of uh, soul searching for everybody because I'm wondering <clears throat> if everybody is ready for what's coming. Really? I, I, what might I'm that? Just, now you have me. You have me intrigued here. Well, I, 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 you know, I have it on good authority that something's coming down the pipe and it's going to test the iron of everybody out there. It is uh, going to come to your front doorstep again. Hmm, So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. That should be interesting. Oh, and on the good news front, um, Oliver Anthony has, I just checked before the show, has four of the top 10 iTunes slots, including the top two. He overtook Jason Aldean's small town song or whatever. I don't listen to that much modern country music, but anyway, overtook that. He's Oliver Anthony has the top two slots and he's got four of the top 10. Wow. And, uh, and apparently has turned down an $8 million record deal so far. 
Wow, I don't blame him. Man, that, that dude has shot to the top. Well, hey, let's go to our break, and uh, we'll come back and jump right into it. And uh, like you always say, y'all help us out. You know, tag a friend and share it out. Uh, that's uh, how we inform our fellow citizens and uh, get them in the mix, you know? Sounds like a plan. Here we go. Countdown time. We'll be back in about three and a half minutes. Grab your popcorn and a drink. Here we go. If folks knew a lot of the back office on the politicians that they think walk on water, uh, they would be shocked. You know, there's an old wound from a knife in my back that just is giving me heck lately, and it's just really irritating, so I have to kind of wiggle around a little bit. Well, I, I've not heard my name in stable or Baton Rouge in stable in the same sentence in a long time. I titled it a shot across the bow of the good old boys. Just, you know, they feel helpless, they don't feel heard, they have nowhere to turn. Some Republicans as well believe that government has the answers. And let me tell y'all something, I don't know anything government does well, nothing. And aren't there laws that say that you have public meetings so that the public can have accountability of their elected officials? They're making a little bit of progress, but I would definitely have to give, uh, give the race to Caddo Parish right now. I don't know, is there anybody from Plain Dealing watching, you think? As a member of the media, I'm very concerned about the what I've just heard. Did you or did you not requisition uh, money to fight against this or for it? We hire a, uh, a lobbyist that cost us $15,000. We were opposed to a so for this week, folks, the cockroach of the week, according to Bozier Watch and Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief, is... Raymond Croon's legislative assistant, <laughs> Allie Feaster-Smith. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> well, I'm not thinking Star Wars at all. I'm thinking <laughs> zombie apocalypse. No way, okay, it was not okay. David. You know it wasn't David Montgomery. David okay. ain't gonna jump off in there with Chris. He okay. do it. He'd soon spit on him as he would even look at him. Man, this is a Mickey D's Krispy Kreme wheat. Didn't you know? Who, who's paying y'all? And if you're driving on the roads, are you safe? Uh, it's on the road, yeah. Well, I know you're on the road, but I mean, is this all <laughs> folks coming from the border down there? Yeah. Going to it's actually going to Mexico and buses. Doesn't mean they interpret it the same way that I do. For instance, the Second Amendment. I take it very literally. That's been interpreted different ways in the court system all the way up to SCOTUS. Yeah, that's only going to cause more division that he claims he doesn't want to cause. And it's only going to cause more suspicion. We're still right now combined on both pages in YouTube at 264 people watching. That is amazing, folks. Coleman Project, the Walker Place deal, through conscious, shocking actions. The purpose of their actions was to stop plaintiffs, being the Ewell Coleman and, and associated groups, not from developing Walker Place. But here's the key thing which in turn would enrich sitting city council members Scott Irwin and David Montgomery Jr. You hit the button. Does that mean that uh, people are like seeing us sitting here talking and well, chatting? In theory, you know, it's an every week thing. We got to double check and make sure it's like a miracle any of this actually works. 
This Bossier Watch live broadcast is brought to you by The Outdoor News, fishing and outdoors for our area. Acadiana Mortgage, over 25 years in the mortgage business. Pelican Training and Consulting, reach out to Julie Ferris. Transact Card, unleash the power of your spending with Z-Bucks. Contact Renee Hall, Smarter Geek, making technology easier and the many supporters, donations, and folks sharing information and watching out for Bozier. Now, grab your popcorn and a drink. Here we go. And here we are. Now, now wait a minute. I got to I got to I got to I got to check in here on something. So, <clears throat> I heard some amendments in there and some additions. Yes. Now, I heard something about 25 years. What, what, what exactly, what's going on with 25 years? Well, your lovely wife, lovely bride has reminded me repeatedly for weeks now that y'all have been in business now over 25 years. Now, technically I've had on there over 23, that's technically over 25, but I figured I would help you out in the home life there and get that corrected and, and make her a little happier with me. Well, she knows that I can't sway you one way or the other. So I guess she took it upon herself to get to sway in you and was successful. Directly. But I did hear another change and I'm looking at something on the screen. Uh, uh, did you say a Z card? Did I hear you say that? Yeah, well, our good friend, Renee Hall, you know, Renee and David, uh, they've, of course, been involved in the, the Cypress District saga and all that. Anyway, she is uh, involved in this organization or company that is launching a, I'll just keep it brief and very simple, but it's basically a uh, like a debit card with rewards. They call them Z-Bucks or whatever. And so remember the old days with green stamps back in the day? Oh yeah, you got Berkshire, the green... Berkshire's did the disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. collected the green stamps. On it. It's kind of like that, but for every dollar you spend, you get some Z bucks, and they accumulate, and you can go and spend them in their store and get some pretty cool stuff. So anyway, I signed, I signed up for it, and since she's new into it and promoting it and all that, she decided she wanted to sponsor us, which helps offset you know, some of the software costs because the software we use is not free. I use that uh, program to do the transcriptions and those cool videos, and that's not free either in the website and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, helping all yeah, I... Oh, and guess what we have, Mr. Lowry? We're oh. going to have Bozier Watch hats. Oh, how about that? Soon. Yes, we are. So that will be cool. I probably, you know, some people, some of our viewers, they're, they're tired of me torturing them with a Jeff Gordon hat there. I said his name that probably is making them. It's like scratching your claws on a chalk <laughs> to some people. Yeah. Well, so we'll have our own hats. Uh, I'm having uh, destiny Collier up in Benton. She is, um, of course, related to our good friend, Mike Collier. Anyway, uh, she's got a company up there and all that along in uh, Mike's offices and all that that they have up there. <clears throat> she does, and I didn't know this, she does promotional materials and campaign stuff and all kinds of things. So uh, anyway, I, I'm pretty sure I'm it's called, Star I'm pretty sure it's called Sarsh Technologies. That it is. 
So anyway, yeah. I think their website is at sarsh, S-A-R-S-H tech.com. Anyway, so uh, we're going to pay her to do us some hats and all that sort of thing. And maybe we'll have a few giveaways and we'll get some more coffee mugs done and that sort of thing. Maybe even some shirts, official shirts. Yeah, well, well, hey, as we are about to get into it, into the meat and potatoes, you might say, uh, we got a lot of folks uh, putting a few messages and comments. I see David Bond is watching tonight on YouTube. Thanks, David. Terry Farrier. And we've also got Barry Butler. He's tuning in, apparently, from France. I, I do know that he was... he that rascal he was at uh, a, a famous beach just the other day you might know a little more about that than me yeah as a matter of fact he shot a couple of videos and full disclosure i'm helping barry out on the tech side with some of his uh, campaign stuff as he is running for police juror in district five make sure i get that right that would be against your favorite person juliana parks you know, that, that brings a uh, interesting subject. Hey, Shane Cheatham, we see you're there. And hey, if we didn't call your name, if you guys are watching, you know, give us a shout out in the comments. Uh, we want to we wanna acknowledge that you're here. And, and if you don't, if you're a politician and you don't want nobody to you're watching, you're sneaking, that's fine too. You know, you don't have to shout yeah. out. Yeah. We, we're, we're shouting out to you in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly correct. But, but on that subject that you're pointing out there, Rex, hey, uh, you know, I, I was my favorite person. I saw her signs. I mean, she's out the sign wars ago, and they're everywhere. And and she's got in big bold print, reelect, hmm. reelect. Okay. I mean, does if you put reelect, is that trying to infer that you did a good job? I guess so. I mean, she obviously thinks she is worthy of reelection. We, well, I mean, we might, not the, we might beg not the, to differ a little bit, but, you know. She's not the only one that does it. I mean, you know, all the incumbents put oh, yeah. re-elect on there. But when you put re-elect almost as big as your name, I mean, I think you're trying to make a statement that you're worthy of being, you know, re-elected, that you, you did the will of the people. And well, that, don't, don't you agree? Isn't that what you're saying? I, I would agree. I mean, let's face it, uh, you know, Philip Rogers is doing the same thing. He's got, you know, his signs up with reelect on it. And uh, he's got a tagline under his. I forget exactly what it is. But anyway, basically, yeah, it's the same thing. He he thinks he's worthy of reelection. So we'll see. I know, uh, let's see, who's running against Philip? Andy Modica's running against Philip. And then, uh, oh, and, and I've got in our notes here, we've got Robert Berry, I think, what is he running for? District 6? Is that right? I'm not sure the district numbers. It's but hard to keep up. There's a bunch of people running this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he's running against Chris Marsiglia. And, you know, Chris doesn't uh, really say a lot at the police jury meetings. Um, I think Chris is a pretty good guy. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I hadn't talked to Chris. I'd be interested to hear something in that race. But, um. Yeah, reelect. That that infers that you've done something right. And the reason that kind of stuck out at me, so the sign war's going and and uh reelect infers that you've done a good job and that you right. you're worthy of being going back in there. And so as I was pondering that today, in between just today, two phone calls that I got regarding stuff pertaining to the Bozier Parish Police Jury. One phone call 
was regarding the Commercial Motor Vehicle Enforcement Unit. We've kind of talked about this briefly before. What's up with that? I mean, don't we have well, a... Uh, what, what do you 18-wheeler truck drivers hate? The um, uh, deal, Not DOTD, the state guys. You mean the oh. possum cops? No, 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 no. That's wildlife, <laughs> that's wildlife and fisheries. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Wrong cops. The the ones that are oh, uh, Mac Ward. I, I went to school Rustin High with his son. He was a uh, um, yeah the DOT guys. But but yeah these, DOT. I'm sorry. But yeah. these parish guys, they're not the DOT guys. But, but why do we have to have both? Well, maybe I'm getting off topic. But apparently the 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 parish. I mean, look, I'm gonna say it up front. I'm just gonna go and say it up front. I'm gonna say it up front the parish needs to make money. Well, yeah, they need to make money. So they, you know, and they say that all these horrible oil field people and these horrible, you know, uh, trucks are tearing up the roads, the parish roads that they're responsible for fixing. It doesn't matter that they pay taxes. It doesn't matter that they pay, you know, heavy highway use tax every year that we are supposed to get a portion of funding from all that doesn't matter, the increased tax. And I can tell you firsthand because I pay that crap. Um, but that doesn't matter. We got to have these cops out there to regulate. But but the the phone, you know, that's neither here nor there. The, the phone call that I got today talked about situations where uh, hazardous conditions are being created. For example... I was told a story today about a traffic stop of a water hauler. Mm -hmm. And this water hauler was stopped on a two-lane road that was a substandard parish road in a curve with a hill. And so, and stopped, and, and like the driver was apparently seeking to you know, find a place, a commercial motor vehicle person for the parish, pull behind them, and they're going to, you know, so the, I do this. If, if somebody pulls behind me and they're going to check me, mm -hmm. you know, I would keep driving until I found a safe spot to park the truck that right. wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, that's just what you do. That's what I was trained to do when I was a fireman. Mm -hmm. But this guy, the driver didn't pull over. This guy zips around the truck and slams his brakes in front of the truck to make the truck stop in the middle of the two-lane road in, in a hazardous spot, forcing it to stop, creating a hazardous condition. And I'm getting this from a witness that was there that wasn't a part of the stop, but witnessed the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is enabled by your existing police jury members. And I know this issue has been brought to the attention of the police jury and i've heard stories that there's other circumstances where this has occurred and yet nothing's they just, done they just ignore it kind of like the whole butch ford situation ah, they just ignore it well it's funny you say butch ford because that was another phone call that i got today and someone was talking about a lawsuit that they're embroiled in in a situation where they're trying to build a house and as a result of, and Butch Ford's name was in this, was as a result of actions by Butch Ford and the police jury, they're now going to have to spend a ton of money in legal fees because of an error on behalf of Butch Ford, which, which brings me to a question. 
just how many lawsuits is Bossier Parish residents having to file, you know, to to get good government? How much is it costing all the citizens of Bossier? And I, I think there might be a tsunami of lawsuits out there that we don't even know about because Rex, you know, as well as I, every couple of days we're getting messages about things going on per pertaining to people in the parish and, and, and their interactions with the police jury. So if I'm, and if you're a police juror, you know, all these things are going on and you're going to put reelect on your campaign sign. Well, I mean, what else are they supposed to put? Don't vote for me. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the catching your kid in the cookie jar. If he's got his hand on the cookie, he may as well go on and take the cookie out of the jar, even though you've caught him and start eating the cookie. But you know, you run for office, all these, every race we have, every one of them, every politician is running saying, Hey, I'm going to fix government. I'm going to fit. They all say, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix all the problems. That, that's what they're saying. I'm going to work for you. Well, right? but here's the deal. And so I'll help all the, all the candidates out there. Usually no matter who the candidate is, they're running on, they're conservative, they're this, they're that. Most of them can't even define what it means to be a conservative, in my opinion. Um, and look, you know, I'm the first to admit I'm a Second Amendment issue guy. I don't care if the police jury has anything to do with the Second Amendment. That's my litmus test for everybody. I don't care if they're running for dog catcher. But when you're running for, especially in the local races, when you're running for city council, police juror, whatever it is, you need to list specific things that you're going to address when you get elected, hopefully. Um, and they need to be very specific, specific to the average person that's, you know, watching our show, or even if they don't, the average voter, they're not concerned a lot of times with all the minutia like you and I are, and, and a lot of our viewers, they're concerned with, are there potholes, and are they having to go fix the front end of their car every six months because the roads suck around here? And just because, you know, some police jurors, like Philip Rogers, tends to complain that, oh, well, we only get so much money allocated for the roads every year, you know, per per district or whatever, and he's got a smaller district and blah, 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 blah. Here's what I want to see. You guys in those meetings, standing up, using the microphone, and making those things an issue. Philip. If you don't think you're getting enough money for your district, you need to stand up in the middle of the meeting and make it a point and get the public behind you. All right. So there, I said it. <laughs> yeah, well, we could harp on this all night long and yes, go on can. and on. And there's going to be plenty of time for us to drone on on these police jury races. Right. <clears throat> because I, I like it that we've had a lot of challengers get into the race and challenging these people. It enables a discussion to be had in the public and the public. I mean, you guys have the deck stacked against you because just like you said, Rex, every politician says, Oh, I'm for less government. I'm for, you know, all the things that you believe they say all of that, but then they get in there and they don't practice it. And then they say, 
well, you just don't understand because you're not in there. Well, you don't understand that you've got a lawfare twisting you saying, oh, you got to do this or, oh, you got to do that or whatever. And just jump out there and say what all of us already know. Don't just say it. Just get up there and fight. That's all. That's all people want from you in the public. You know, yeah. well, uh, look, we, we played the song last week and we talked about it a few minutes ago, but it could just as soon be rich men north of Benton. I guess technically they'd be in Benton. So rich men in Benton, I don't know. But, but the point is it, it that song epitomizes and that's why it's been so popular. Everything that we're discussing, you know, they're that, out of touch with their constituents. They'll say anything yeah. to get elected. That, that's right. And then when they get in there and they're put in the position, what do they do? So, for example, right now, coming down the pipe, you know, I'm wondering if everybody's ready. I alluded to it to our pre-show. I'm wondering, Rex, are you ready? Is everybody ready for what's coming? Well, we got to know what's coming to know whether I'm ready or not. So, well, word on the street. Enlighten, yeah, enlighten us. Word on the street is, is that, you know, hey, we got more mask mandates coming. What? We've, we've got potential lockdowns coming. So I'm just curious, everybody out there, you know, uh, are you going to accept all your politicians? I mean, well, mandating I, lockdowns. Look. Wait a minute. I'm not through. Are you going to accept, you know, that you think that wearing a mask is bull crap and you say it publicly being censored or are you going to be okay with that are you going to accept more lockdowns and isn't it interesting that we're on the precipice of another presidential election and well that is very interesting i mean i would say if if in late 2019 and early 2020 you had told me that and i've said this before anybody had told me that we were going to basically shut the vast majority of the country down for for weeks on end and disrupt entire sections of businesses for months, even year, year and a half, and force everybody to wear a mask, I would have told you you were blankety-blank crazy. So with remembering my recent history, I'd like to tell you, Duke, you're crazy if you think that. But it just happened a couple a couple of years ago, and so heck, I don't know anything's possible. Well, I want to share my screen, Rex, real quick. Okay, and Let's see if I can get that going. Last week, um, Mark Smith, Mark Smith said he pointed out that we're not lawyers. You know what? And I agree with Mark Smith. We're not yeah. lawyers. We're, we're, we're not. not. We're road, scholar, not lawyers. road scholars of Stupidville, maybe, but not not lawyers. Right. <clears throat> So, you know, a, a, we, but we do know lawyers and some of those lawyers shared a few interesting points with us. And one of these, which is the one that I've shared screen with you, I don't know if you got it, but it's actually a law on the books in Louisiana, you know, in in the civil code and it defines fraud, Mm -hmm. fraud, misrepresentation, you know, uh, or from silence. So I'm wondering and I'm thinking about politicians and their silence 
and not using their God-given common sense to stand up when, you know, they try to put us in lockdowns again. They try to do these mask mandates. They try to do all of the things that they did the last time to us, which have now been proved to be, you know, false things, censoring and, and violating, you know, our freedom of speech. I, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, is everybody out there, or are y'all just going to lay down and you're just going to take it again? Are you just well, going to take it? Here's how I handled it. Um, the last time, the only time I wore the stupid mask was if I went into a business who was a client of mine and they required a mask. I, it's their business. I'm a free market capitalist guy. I could have not worn the mask and chose not to get paid, but eh, okay, I wore the mask. I wore a mask one time, Rex, and right. it was on this show, and it was an SCBA mask that made me sound like Darth Vader. And I did it to prove the absurdity of all of this crap. And you know what? I, I got email. I got emails saying that I was batshit crazy. Well, I, I did. You, I did. You might, you might be batshit crazy in the end, but in all seriousness, I'm a free market capitalist. So with my clients, I could tell them no, but if they require me to wear one, okay, I'll do it. But other than that, I didn't wear a mask. Now, I, I did get COVID, and I have to say, I basically lost four days what, of my life. What did you get, COVID, or did you get the flu? Do no, you really was, know? Well, I have to well, trust that, that the, you, do, well, the you, doctor I went to in the hospital were telling the truth, but then well, again, you, we never know. You, you do Who know knows? flu was abolished during COVID. I mean, we, well, we eradicated had, it, right? <laughs> yeah, but I've had the flu before pretty bad, and this was way different. Like, I literally don't remember four days of my life, and I dropped 35 pounds in, uh, no, uh, 17, what was it, 17 pounds in four days. Well, well look, you know. I, I may as I, well have been in a in an Indian sweat tent. The, the fact of the matter is, is you and I, again, are, you know, we are certified road scholars of stupid bill and not lawyers, but I do think we've got a guess that can say whether or not, you know, I'm right. You're right. We're both right. Or we're both wrong. I'm quite sure she can. And I'm quite sure she is absolutely willing to tell us. Let me see if I can get everything pulled up here and switch screens. And do we have audio? All right. Hold on just a second, Jill. Um, let me assign you to guest three. Hold on. Let me get you back. Let me get you back. Okay. Now we have audio. Talk to us, Jill. Hello. Yes, we have audio. It's always a good thing when the technology works. How are you? How are you guys doing? Oh, we're just sitting here bannering back and forth as usual. Well, I'm just wondering, is Rex right or am I right? Well, you know, we've had this conversation before, Rex, um, because you've made the same argument that, you know, as a business owner, people have the right to, you know, whatever they want to on your property but at the same time they're taking on some liability with this because as i've mentioned in the past their you know mask in this capacity in the effort to um, inhibit rate, which it's never been proven to do in this capacity medical 
business owner, you're asking an experimental medical intervention to be on your property. And with that comes the risk of what happens with this medical experiment uh, being used or required to use your property. What if the patron falls? Because masks inhibit some part of your peripheral vision, right? It's, it's a trip hazard. As I explained to my mom when she was forced to wear it when she had shoulder replacement surgery and she had an arm out like this and she had a mask like this and the doctor was forcing her to wear it into the hospital. I'm like, what if you trip and fall because the stupid mask is in place? Sue the doctor. Sue the doctor. What if it makes you faint? As an employer, you're trying. I, my husband and I have had this conversation because he works in an industrial environment at one time their owners were forcing them to wear masks. And I'm like, what if somebody faints and falls into heavy machinery? The owner has to take responsibility. They're, they're required. OSHA requires them to, to, you know, to provide a safe work environment. If they're forcing their employees or forcing their patrons to undergo a, a forced medical experimentation, they, ha they take on the liability for it. Well, and but let, let me ask you. I'm not quite done. That's right. the problem. OSHA has ignored the fact that this is a medical experiment. There's, you can ask any any industrial um, uh, hygienist. I think that's the technical name for an individual that you know oversees implementing PPE and uh, forced air and stuff like that into any kind of business environment. They will tell you this has never been um, studied this has never been approved for an employee to wear this seven or eight hours a day there is a risk involved that nobody knows so you can ask your employees you can ask your patrons to do it when you're coming into your business or as an employee but you're taking on responsibility that the government is not telling you about so that's the problem I have with it. I mean, sure, you can do it as a business owner. I'm a free market capitalist too. I, I, I totally, I totally get that. But you have to understand. I've, I've tried to explain this to a doctor. My husband has, you know, a medical condition that requires him to go to see an oncologist. And the, the doctor and I had this conversation one day because it was at a time when we weren't, you know, required to wear a mask, and we had the, the conversation came up, and I'm like, you're making your patient sicker. But you just, you're not telling, they, you don't know that, first of all, and you're not explaining to them that this is another medical experiment. There's so much um, underlying this conversation that the government has not explained to individuals, that business owners are not, a, and OSHA has completely, it's just like the FDA and the CDC, they have completely abandoned their purpose. They but, abandoned, uh, but and, it, all right, all right, hold on. So <laughs> we don't, we don't completely disagree because number one, unless you're wearing an N95, we all know that the paper masks are basically ineffective. So even after I had COVID. Whoa, hold up, hold up, time out, time out, time out. For the we, lost, we lost Jill's for audio, hold on. Sorry, is that better? Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Improving, I'm looking at uh, the FDC code on masking right now. It is still considered a medical experimentation. Um, you're but, required. But I'll let you finish, so let me finish now. Okay? And, and I'm not trying to cut you off. We're having an audio issue. But let me finish. 
So you use an example of employees wearing masks, you know, for instance, when they're working. And y'all let me know in the comments if my audio is okay. Uh, Jill, we may have to get you to come out and come back on because we're getting some reports that the audio is not great. But uh, I, I used to work in a boat factory. All right. If the gel coaters don't wear a mask, Jill, they're going to die while they're trying to gel coat the boat. And they wear those masks for six to eight hours at a time. Okay. I'll give you another easy example. Back in 1997, we had a Japanese dealer fly into the boat plant and all that. And anyway, I was tasked with taking them back to the airport later on. And they were literally all wearing masks because it's very common in Japanese culture to do it. So the Japanese have been wearing the mask all this time. So I don't think the masks themselves are as deadly as we claim, but I agree that they are incredibly ineffective. They are, they are ineffective. And actually, you're, the, the person that sells you the mask or requires you to put the mask on is supposed to inform you of the fact that it's it doesn't work uh, to inhibit a virus. And this is what, this is the difference in our conversation, Rex. The mask that those individuals are using in a boat building and, and situation, those masks are being used for a purpose that has been approved by OSHA. These are not approved. The purpose right. now, let me interrupt you one more time only because we got audio issues. Can I get you to disconnect? And I, I don't know if you're on your phone or on your computer, uh, but if you're on your phone, maybe swipe up some apps and then come right back into the call and we'll pick you right back up. How do I get out? Uh, yeah, just like that. Okay, so hey. we'll continue here in a minute because we're going to try well, share, to get Jill to come back in. Share my screen, and when Jill comes in, she'll see the screen. But Rex, you know, the Journal uh, American medical association recently had a study that showed that the n95 masks you mentioned it earlier mm -hmm. you know are no more effective than the medical masks you know well and that, especially that, not if you're not going to have them fit tested in the whole nine yards i mean either correct, do it right or don't which was the point we made during the start of covid that you know this is a joke and right. the the thing i want to point out is is we still have people you know, that are, that are believing that the masks are going to solve everything, but. Yeah, I want to make it clear and we'll see when uh, Jill comes back in here in a second. So let me get her back over there. I want to make it clear that I don't agree with that. Um, all right, let's see if we can get her back in. Y'all bear with us just a second. So some slight tech technical difficulties. Okay. Um, we have no video with Jill. Can you hear us, uh -oh. Joe? Can oh, you hear us? <laughs> Audio's good. Is oh, there we better? go. That that's better and sounds better so far. Maybe we can pick up the conversation. Again. Okay, good. Sorry about that. But much better. So while you were gone, Jill, I was pointing out to Rex, you know, that the the JAMA had put out, you know, a report comparing the N95 mask to the uh, medical mask you know, that there was basically no difference and that still that it, the dog don't hunt. Right. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's the point that I've, I've, I've been trying to make. And I don't know if I, if you guys were able to hear me when I, I made this point, but to your point, Rex, when you were talking about the mask use in an industrial setting, OSHA has approved those masks for that particular 
purpose, right? OSHA has not approved masks for this purpose, neither has the FDA, neither has any kind of industrial hygienist. They'll tell you that the mask um, for this purpose, to impede a virus or to inhibit a virus, it's, it, it's not going to do it for any of them, for N95s. Um, I don't know if you were talking about a rebreather when you were talking about in the industrial boat building setting. Um, but again, the mask, um, and, and this is the point that irritates me too. We're, we're putting it on children who are um, physiologically so different from adults. Uh, they, their heart beats faster. They breathe faster. They're more active than we but, are. But Jill, you, Jill, you, you were at the heart of the censorship lawsuit. And, you know, I mean, look, we still today in Bossier City, we have a Bossier City councilman wearing a mask at, I, I would like to think that he's not informed. That's what I would like to believe. But yeah. I, I think it's more than that. I think possibly he continues to wear it. Maybe he believes in, and this is my opinion, that the mask is another form of trying to control the population because I find it the irony that we're right here upon another presidential election and now we're talking about, oh, we're fixing to have to wear masks again and another potential lockdown. From that perspective, you think I'm off track? I, I think they're setting us up to screw us all again. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it, Duke. I would not doubt it that the powers that be have an ulterior motive for this. But it does go back, I think, to the my censorship um, lawsuit in Missouri v. Biden that people just don't know, especially if they've been watching a particular news channel um, a particular group of politicians, um, healthcare individuals. I mean, there's only a small group of healthcare professionals here in Louisiana that I would trust to either take advice on a mask, take advice, health advice, period, at this point, um, because they're well-versed in all of this and they haven't bought into it and they haven't been forcing any of these um, experimental medical interventions on um, anybody, especially their patients. Um, so the, I do think that the censorship issue is a, a tremendous part of it, because as I've stated, you know, multiple times, it's not just an impediment of speech. This has literally killed people by not allowing them to have um, information that is vital to their health. Um, and it's not just patients, it's physicians too that have been kept from getting this vital information, whether it's about masks, whether it's about COVID the virus itself, whether it's about an effective treatment. There are so many people that don't have this information. So I, I try to have a little bit of grace, especially for um, like what's come out in the news about this one particular college that has implemented the mask mandate again in Atlanta, uh, Morris Brown University, which is an HBCU, historically black college university. Um, but they have really targeted the black community with this um, uh, information that supposedly um, saves lives. I, I, somebody termed it uh, the weaponization of compassion, you know, to do it for your fellow man. 
um, and to do it for yourself, for your grandparents, and you know, black the black community is uh, uh, very well, family centric. So they're you, very in tune to helping their family, their elders, and whatnot. Jill, you know, at the at the start or here earlier, I read you know a 1953 you know statute that that is in the books, and it it basically you know Article 1953 it defines fraud. You know. Fraud is a misrepresentation or a suppression of the truth made with the intention either to obtain an unjust advantage for one party or to cause a loss or inconvenience to the other. Isn't this fraud upon everybody in the state of Louisiana and, and actually the whole United States? Isn't that the, what this is? Isn't this fraud? Oh, there's so many layers of fraud involved in this. Um, from there's an uh, there's a federal law called the color of law um it's it's it has to do with imposing um uh, you know i don't know mandates if you will with a perspective of authority um for example if a, a police officer says you know you have to do this it's an assumption that and and they're doing it fraudulently then they're they're violating this color of law uh, federal lawsuit, uh, federal statute, but I feel the same way about the governor, uh, the Department of Health, all of these mandates, Bessie, all of these mandates that they've implemented um, with some kind of um, assumption of authority that they don't have, they're violating the Constitution. I think they've all violated this this color of law. Uh, this fraud statute that you just uh, mentioned, that's the first I've seen of it. I would love to see that instituted somehow um because I, yeah it, i think you know the, the the interesting thing the legal person that you know told me says look you ought to share this with all of your viewers the person that sent it they said you know the thing all it takes is somebody to enforce it and it, that exactly that hey, leads not, me not, you know, not even I, just to enforce it but to, to litigate it what, so we where, need to litigate that <laughs> Well, where are our leaders? And this is election season right now in Louisiana, and that's why it's important to me. I think that people should consider, you know, when they're voting for someone, do they think or, or do they believe that this person will have the courage to have, or, or let me say not to have, but to use their God-given common sense to stand up and say, hey, you know what? This ain't right. I may not know the legal way that's not right, but, mm -hmm. you know, and they may be like us, hey, I'm a road Scholar of Steubenville, but <laughs> I know this ain't right. And I'm saying, stop the press and do something. But so many of our politicians don't. They don't stand up and take a bold position. A am yeah. I wrong? You're not wrong, but in the, the body of um, uh, lawmakers that I deal with, um, um, more often than not, is the legislature. I don't really work with local, um, you know, city councils and parish councils and whatnot. But within the legislature, the handful of legislators that are willing to act and have acted for the last three years, there's a group of them that I have relied on steadily for the last three years. They're significantly outnumbered. So I have some hope going into this year's election that we can get some of these cowards 
out of office. And we do, we have, we have a, a, a majority of cowards. We have a majority of Republicans, but they are cowards and they have been cowardly for the last three years. They're also, um, I think, ideologically aligned with a lot of um, the, uh, the fraud, if you will, that has taken place. Like they're, you know, so many of them are um, believers in just vaccines in general, science in general, authority in general. Um, they have, a, they have an, a, a strange view of, of their role in the government. When you were talking about um, your, you know, what you would ask a, um, a, somebody, a candidate, you know, you were talking about your person that's re running for re-election. I want people to be able to tell me what the purpose of government is. Like, why are they getting into government? For me, it's not to fix a pothole. What's the, what is the what is the role of government? It's it's really sp it's spelled out. Article one, section one of our state's constitution tells us what the role of government is. And every I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys before, but every elected official in the state of Louisiana swears the same oath of office. Everybody from governor to what was it you said, dog catcher. Everybody that's elected, I don't know if your dog catcher is elected or not, but anyway, they all swear the same oath of office. And that is to uphold and protect the federal constitution, our US constitution, and our state's constitution, and all laws thereof. The first, the very first, um, you know, underlying ethic of our state's constitution, Article One, Section One of the state's constitution says hang the on. purpose and origin of hang, government hang, hang, is to hang protect. On. <laughs> you got it? Hang on. Protect hang on just a second. There you the go. Individual. <laughs> Scroll up, Rex, if we can. I, well, it's your screen, so see if you can scroll up. I was trying to hurry. No, oh. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So many of our legislators don't know this. They don't know what their purpose is in government. They think it's to fix a pothole, and it's not. They're, they're there to protect our rights, whatever role they have taken, whether it's parish council or governor of the state of Louisiana. And, and we have seen over the last three years that every role in government has played a hand in either um, well, either let, prolonging COVID tyranny or doing something to inhibit it. Let, let me throw this out there and I'm going to play devil's advocate again for a minute. And yeah. let me be let me be clear. I am absolutely not for mass mandates. Now, right. if a private individual wants to do it, fine, but I'm not for the government doing it. All right. But. As you well know, that state constitution, as well as the federal constitution, is open to interpretation. And no, so, <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't have the court and the judicial system. We wouldn't need them. Because, and let me, let me present this to you, and then I'll let you counter it. Okay. okay. So I'm trying okay. to feed you softballs here. Okay. All right. You're, you're in luck. I'm going to hit it. <laughs> All right. So knock this out of the park. But... Okay. It does guarantee a right to dignity, but who determines what the dignity and equal protection is of that? Because a, an argument could be made yep. by somebody that I would consider not completely informed. They can say, wait a minute, my right to dignity and to good health means that nope. you should have a mask on. Nope. It doesn't say good health. It says physical condition. 
So here's the deal. We actually, um, uh, so, well, one of the legislators um, introduced legislation last year, because uh, I'm very familiar with um, Article 3, uh, excuse me, Article 1, Section 3 as well, the right of the individual. Because there's three, place, three places, if I'm not mistaken, in um, the state's constitution where, you know, you get, it kind of goes back to a personal protection in, in regards to masking. And Article 1, Section 1 and Article 1, Section 3 are two of those where it talks about the rights of the individual for the betterment of the whole. And that's Article 1, Section 1. And then Article 1, Section 3 talks about uh, right to individual dignity. And it protects individuals in certain areas, uh, most that we're familiar with, uh, religion, um, uh, let's see, race, sex, age, but then it gets, uh, get, it throws us some interesting words like culture, um, and then physical condition or political ideas or affiliations. So there's some beautiful protections in our state's constitution. And one of the things that we um, supported last year in 2022 was when uh, Representative Kathy Edmonston introduced, um, how do we call it, kind of like a an anti-discrimination um, amendment uh, to the state's constitution. And that would actually um, identify physical condition to include your immune status or your vaccination status because we have noticed we've seen and it started very early in 2020 we heard rumblings from one senator bill cassidy when he talked about immunity passports well when you start um hindering someone's movement within the united states or even within the state of louisiana depending on their immune status that um, provides broad opportunities, uh, a broad variety of opportunities for discrimination. And uh, we saw it um, in housing, you know, people weren't renting to people, they weren't showing real estate to people unless they were masked. I mean, there was, I mean, there's just so many opportunities for discrimination when we start discriminating against an individual based on their immune status. And let me just say, yeah. That vaccination doesn't does not, and we have seen this especially with COVID, does not necessarily equate to immunity. So how so, are you going to prove, even if you've had a vaccine, that you're immune? So you know we have a our our, our friendly alias poster, Mark Smith, you know who says, <clears throat> "I thought this was a state issued mask mandate." Yeah, Mark. Um, but here's the thing, Mark, and you asked earlier, said, why are we even talking about this? Well, Mark, I would contend that at what point do we, you know, stop allowing people to use uh, fraud to manipulate elections, to manipulate speech or to control population and to control? I mean, last I checked, if the state constitution, which I think kind of sort of mirrors, you know, the United States constitution, and I'm glad Jill went through them, but she didn't get to the, you know, item number seven, freedom of expression, you know, section seven, no, no law shall curtail or restrain the freedom of speech. But yet yes. we did exactly that. Government did that to us. And there's yeah. a lot of you folks out there that are government people and you allowed it to happen. 
And by default, you allowing it to happen, in my opinion, you committed fraud against yep. everybody in the state of Louisiana and the country because you didn't do nothing. You sat there silent on your hands and didn't freaking do what you said you were going to do when you got elected, which was represent exactly. the people. And it's not just that. You have Article 1, Section 8, freedom of religion. And this is this was my excuse, other than just common sense, was that I am not, first of all, I'm not going to instill fear in my neighbor, myself or my neighbor, my family, because God tells us do not fear on, you know, multiple occasions, right? But also we're not to bear false witness. I know that these things are useless. <laughs> I almost cussed. They're useless. <laughs> so I am not going to bear false witness. And do you know, I had we had a meeting in 22 um, and the Freedom of Assembly. Good one, Barry Butler. Um, but we had a meeting back in May of 22 um, with Representative Edmonston and some people from the Louisiana Department of Health because they put in a letter opposing that constitutional amendment that I mentioned to you earlier where we were going to add the language immunity or vaccination status to physical condition in Article 1, Section 3. And um, they were opposed to it. So we had a little meeting with them and just to kind of discuss, you know, their opposition to it and why we didn't care basically but um i told the woman and her name she's no longer with ldh um but she was a, a an assistant um she was the assistant uh office of public health officer or something like state health officer um her name was kim hood and uh, I told her, I said, you know, I've had a, a religious objection to this from day one that I wasn't going to bear false witness um, in regards to masking because I know they're useless. And she, uh, she scoffed. She goes, Ugh, like that. So that's the, the, the attitude that these individuals that work for the state, the individuals that cannot violate your um, constitutionally protected rights and a state employee scoffed at religious expression. So I have like zero respect for um, certain individuals within the, the, well, pretty much everybody at Louisiana Department of Health. I know they're not all bad, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a certain group of them. They have no respect for um, any religion other than their own. And, and, and here's, you know, where I kind of get controversial, but every, even an atheist, I believe that they have a religion and that's the religion of self, you know, that they have taken on themselves as God and their own beliefs uh, are greater than, you know, whatever, but they're their own yeah, deity. Yeah. But, so yeah, but you know, some of our, some of our viewers like Mark Smith would be fine with, uh, you know, the atheists even coming to Bossier city and uh, having Bossier City violate, you know, the 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 seventh tenant, the freedom of speech. I mean, uh, they they would be fine with them violating that. I don't think he's uh, expressed any opposition to Bossier City trying to violate uh, the freedom of speech of citizens of Bossier, uh, right, Mark? That's all good, huh? <laughs> Well, let me just point out that in mysterious Mark Smith, and I hate to harp so much on this, but anyway, uh, so maybe we need a petition to change the charter to block mass mandates in Bossier City. Just make sure you have birth dates on petitions. Hmm. We'll see about well, that. Well, see, here's the interesting thing about mass mandates. They have, um, 
somebody mentioned that it was federal. Maybe it was Mark that said it was federal or maybe it was state. Um, it's both. It, it came from both at one point. Do you remember um, Biden administration put in a mass mandate on at a, the only where the only place that they had any jurisdiction was at, on federal property, including um, airplanes, uh, transportation that goes across straight line, uh, state lines, trains, whatnot, in federal buildings. But we also had one here in the state of Louisiana with um, the governor and whatnot. But all of, that, all of those mandates violated federal law. There's a, a statute, 21 U.S. Code 360 BBB, <laughs> that um, states that a, a, a medical intervention um, under emergency use, an individual has a right to refuse. And they have violated that from day one. We've been trying to get the word out about that for, for so long. We sent out the, you know, our mask, uh, our smile project that we had back in early uh, 22. We sent the letters to all the school boards, all the school board superintendents to let them know that they were violating federal law um, by doing that. But, so, so, so as we wrap this up, yeah. if they come at us again with don't, lock, lockdowns and mask mandates, what are we going to do? You are not going to comply. Now, I know you guys <laughs> didn't do it, Rex. I'm not. I'm feel, definitely not. <laughs> Rex, I want you to stand a little bit firmer. And just say no to all those. I'm um, not going to say no to business. I am a capitalistic pig. And let me be clear again. If a client of mine says, I am not going to let you come in here and transact business. If you want to get paid, put on a mask. Guess what I'm doing? I My boat drinks gas. I have to be able to afford the gas. Yeah. So you need to, you the need government to get you saying it, solar, you need to get you one of them solar power boats. I mean, <laughs> I, electric boats. That's that's I like, I like horsepower and gas burn. The smell or get of you one of them big on the back, big windmill on the back. That's what you yeah. need. Yeah. yeah. So let me be clear. Those are the only instances where I carried a mask in World War. And I had the choice. I could have not done business with my client anymore. Not gotten paid. That's that. That's the better plan, and my option is to find. Um, I, and this, it, it, I have not a lot me. Of some of my some of my well-paying clients required that. <laughs> right. I'm just going to leave gonna it say, at that. I, I was going to say I have a little bit more discretion being able to say no because, um, first of all, um, I, I don't uh, I don't have a job that pays. <laughs> um, you know everything we <laughs> everything we do. At Health Freedom Louisiana, we do voluntarily. So, um, all of my activities with Health Freedom Louisiana, I am unpaid by that. I actually am in the job market though, <laughs> since my daughter. We'll keep has that in mind. <laughs> since my daughter has graduated, I no longer have a job as a homeschool mom. So, um, but yeah, if it comes back into play, which you know we're seeing it overseas. Um, the UK is really signaling it more. There was an article today in MedPage Today, which speaks to um, healthcare workers, uh, healthcare systems. That's where I have a concern that it's going to be implemented again, because once again, they're violating individuals' rights, because I don't know if you guys are familiar, but in state law, um, a healthcare provider that has any kind of association with Medicaid or Medicare has to 
um, has to abide by those civil right protections found in, uh, for example, the 1964 civil rights um, law uh, that says that an individual cannot be discriminated against based on their age, sex, race, or religion. So anytime a physician or a hospital system denies you care because um, you're not wearing a mask, and if you're like me, you have strongly held religious beliefs that inhibits you from wearing a mask. I don't want to bear false witness. I'm not going to instill fear in anyone, and they deny me service, and they are violating my civil rights. And under state law, they can lose um, any kind of Medicaid and Medicare um, funding if they um, violate uh, civilly protected, um, constitutionally protected civil rights. Well, they also, as a capitalist, will lose my business. Oh, honey, me too. Vote, Look, vote what I, just, you want. I just got back um, a couple of weeks ago. I went to Georgia to see my doctor back in Georgia because my doctor here in Louisiana started going, uh, started, um, you know, requiring masks and um, works for a health care system that mandated vaccines on their employees. So I refuse to see her anymore. And I like my doctor back in Georgia, so I drove eight hours uh, to see my doctor and you know, get my stitches out of my arm for my little accident that I had a couple weeks ago. Well, saw that and uh, hope you're recovering well. Yeah, I'm getting along good. Hey, before I get off though, can I tell you about some of our activities that we're doing with Health Freedom? Yep. So uh, we just put out um, uh, a little article about our, what we're calling Health Freedom Louisiana Champions. Uh, those champion legislators that have been um, individuals that we've relied on over the last three years for, for legislative sessions, if you will, to um, uh, carry good legislation that we could always count on for um, uh, their courage in the legislature. For example, one of our champions who has not carried legislation for us, but we really um, like is uh, uh, State Representative Alan Seabaugh, who initiated the Seabaugh petition back in 2020. So we consider him a champion. Of course, he did some great things with the gender bill this past legislative session that was um, gave us a, a chuckle. Um, I don't know if you recall when he added the amendment to Fred Mills's legislation uh, that would only allow it to be passed if HB 648 was passed. So we have um, a substack with our list of health freedom uh, champions in there. Um, we've also put out an article just recently on a gubernatorial candidate, Stephen Wagsback. Wagsback? I don't even know how you say his name. But um, we put out uh, an Grindle article. 2.0 is how I know him. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so we put out an article about how much we dislike him and how he is not a health freedom advocate. And we, um, uh, I think, in part, he is part of the reason that a lot of businesses were forced to mandate vaccines um, in their businesses when they started mandating in 21, because he, uh, his organization, Lobby, opposed legislation that Representative Danny, McCar uh, Danny McCormick carried back in October of 2020 that would have in prohibited a COVID vaccine mandate. And it got 
two votes in House Health and Welfare back in October of 2020 because Lobby, um, their, their associate Lauren Gleason submitted a red card in committee that evening. And we have a whole list of bills that they opposed in 2022. Our favorite bill being one that would um, prohibit the requirement of a liability-free medical intervention. We all know that all vaccines are liability free, not just the COVID. We know masks are liability free because they're under EUA still. They're covered by PrEP. You cannot sue if you fall into um, a large manufacturing equipment. If you faint or whatever, you cannot sue uh, the manufacturer. Well, hopefully after this election, Lobby will learn their lesson and they'll go back to trying to represent business in Louisiana and not destroy yep. business in yep. Louisiana and especially small business in Louisiana because they are not representative of a small business in Louisiana and, yep. and lobby as far as I'm concerned screw you <laughs> same <laughs> same so we're, we're right. not we're not a huge fan of lobbying so if you if your uh, uh, viewers would you know take a look at our substack um, it's called braving freedom on substack or health freedom Louisiana you can find it either way. Right. And we're putting well, out we're putting out a couple more articles like why no legislator that's running for statewide office, uh, for example, let's see John Stefanski that's running for uh, attorney general. He does not deserve that position. Sharon Hewitt, mm, no, no. Who else uh, is running? For, oh, uh, Scott McKnight, nope. Uh, yep. Billy Nungesser, he's not a legislator, but he does not deserve to be lieutenant governor. So we're fixing to put out an article about that, our thoughts on that as well. Well, we look uh, forward to reading it. Yeah, and I'll put the link up there in the comments too as well, so everybody could see that. It's healthfreedomla.substack.com. Go check it out. Thank you so much, right. guys. Thanks, Jill. We appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. All right. See you later. Bye. So... Look, I'm just going to say it. The only reason we had the mask mandates and the lockdowns and all that was, I mean, so that we could force voting schemes across the country that, you know, enabled uh, non-Make America Great candidates. I'm not saying Republican and Democrats, but I'm going to say anti-American candidates to get elected. <laughs> that was the whole why. That was it. Yeah, yeah. I'll... I can't deny and, that that's a strong possibility. And to make the rich men nor the rich men richer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was it. That was the why. All so, right. And, and look, I, I want to point this out real quick. The reason that we're talking about this in all seriousness is, like I said earlier, if you had told me in the fall of 2019 that all that, that could happen, I'd have told you you were crazy, and yet it did. And here we go with rumblings of this again. And... We need to stay aware of what's going on. It, it goes to the fact we let it happen before. We right. didn't all use our common sense and put our foot down and say, no, this is BS. And so why would the people who perpetrated it before not do it again? In fact, sure. they should do it every freaking time until... Somebody says, you know what? Uh-uh. No, we're not going to do it. Yeah. The, the thing and, with and me and that. Well, the thing with me is, and and we'll move on, but um, the thing with me is it's, I'm not so much about the hell side of it like Jill is, because 
you know, like I said, I, I had a chimney uh, cleaning business at one time and had to wore, uh, wear a respirator for long periods of time. When we go riding four-wheelers, which we don't do anymore, but especially up in Arkansas and Mena, you have to wear a dust mask to keep the dust out of your nose or, you know, and all that. We wear those for four, five, six hours at a time. I'm not as concerned about the health side of the mask as I am the forced mandate and forcing us to do something that doesn't work. That, that's it, my take on it. Exactly. And my deal is where's the politicians is going to take, you know, right. the, the, they're going to step up to the plate and say, wait, this is bull crap. We're not doing this. I refuse to allow the public, you know, to be forced to do this stupid crap again. All right. So let's switch gears. Let's get to the Cypress district dam, because I said we were going to cover it last week. And all yeah, right, but obviously we did. Moving along, we're going to go to that. But hey, real quick, we said it earlier. Let's say it frequently through the show. September the 12th, we have confirmed September the 12th. Everybody watching, you know, I think there's we're hitting on about 80 live viewers. Thank you all for being here. But on September the 12th, our show is going to consist of a live debate for one of your Senate districts. And it will be none other than Senator Robert Mills and school board member Adam Bass, who's seeking to replace Robert Mills. They've both agreed uh, to debate and we're going to host it. And, you know, Tuesday, September the 12th, y'all put it on your calendar. That's going to be off the chain. That uh, should be a lot of fun and should be very interesting. Um you know, because look, uh, you know, I know Adam, he's a very sharp guy, um, smart politician. So I'm sure he's going to bring a lot to the table. Robert Mills has got experience down there in the Senate and has turned out, you know, every interview we've had has answered the questions as best he could never, you know, told us, uh, something's off limits or anything like that. He answers them straight up. So should be very interesting. So what about this si this damn Cypress district? Am I damn saying damn. that right? <laughs> the, the damn, oh, damn. No. All right. You were, you were literally meaning the damn. You weren't meaning, you weren't saying yeah. that the damn Cypress district. You were meaning yeah. the damn at the Cypress. Okay, okay, see. Yeah, I'm, spelled D-A-M, not D-A-M. Yeah. Okay, see, that's the halting coming out at me. I'm sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. All right, so here's the deal is... Um, there's been some concern with this OEM account, the operations and maintenance account with the Cypress district. And we've talked about this a couple of times. Yeah, in the but, past. but they've got Jeffrey president of the city. I mean, Jeffrey's what? Yeah. His wife running things now, right? Uh, yeah. Lisa, I believe is her name. And I've requested her salary too, by the way, just for well, the I mean, that job. Did they advertise for that job? Nope. Not that I know I mean, of. I mean, maybe so, but not that I know of. Did, did anybody get an opportunity to put it? Jill was looking for a job. Did she get yeah. an opportunity to put in an application for that? I don't, well, I don't, think, know. I, did, I, I don't think she did. I, I huh. want to see how it pays. So anyway, I've got up on the screen. We've already posted this on uh, Facebook, uh, on the Facebook page. But and I know it's kind of small for those of you that are watching on mobile, but that's that's not the important part. You go check the post out later, which you can pull it up larger. But anyway, this is the uh, operations and maintenance account from 2021, January the 2nd of 2021, with a balance of $109.65 at that time. 
$109.65. I mean, that might pay to pull up a couple of sweet gum saplings. Well, well, we got to confirm, are they sweet gums or are they oaks? Because if they're oaks, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we need to let them things grow. Yeah, well, now it did increase. So you can see, and again, I know it's small, but you can see some deposits going in, some uh, debits going out. And the, the, you know, it's going up and down. It's going up to, you know, 17000 by July the 4th of 2021. And so it's climbing on up, but it climbed all the way up to, let's see, about $25,000. And then they had a $73,000 debit. So we so, were at a negative $47,000 balance, according to their ledger. So, so I think if I'm understanding what you're trying to tell me correctly is, is that if the dam, Cypress Dam fails, they don't have money to fix it. And so if you live in, well, next to Rex and you're down there in carriage oats and all that, you're going to be, uh, uh, oh, worried a little bit all, of water. you're worried about your house flooding in, in carriage oaks and all down in that area down there. Maybe even I, stone, Stonehenge y'all, y'all might get you a little water. <laughs> right. They very well I mean, might. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip ahead to it, 20. Tiburon, y'all might be fishing in the streets in the main drag. I hope y'all got a boat. Yeah, I mean, no it might kidding. be a little country for y'all, but, but right. hey, you got Juliana Parks down there. She reelect. I mean, she's handling oh, up. She, she's, she's handling up and, and they're really paying close attention to this. I mean, but in all honesty, the police jury, this is not exactly their purview. This is the Cypress well, District. But. She was made aware, her and Phillips, long time ago about the lack of money to protect the oh, dam yeah. if it was to fail. And what did they do? Finally, when it came on Phillips' doorstep, he decided to do something, but not before then. And Juliana, well, she wanted to stay the course. She didn't want to change change horses. All right. So the current balance is $13,676 and 50, I think that's 54 cents anyway, and some change. So it's got about $13,000 in it as of a few days ago. And when we got this information and now our good friend, Wes Marriott, says, was the mandate to maintain that account with a minimum balance memorialized in any rule or ordinance? I don't believe, and I should know this, I don't believe it was, Wes, but I need to go back and double check on that because there was discussion of this account over a decade ago when, I, if I remember correctly, they had more money in it at that time, but, you know, uh, in the immortal words of Travis Moorhart, the CPA who serves as the auditor for most of the local business entities, they were robbing Peter to pay Paul. And so and they were Paul's, pulling... And Paul's broke. Yeah, I'd be in favor of a increase in the gas tax. Yeah, so... Uh, Sounds familiar? Who said that? I wonder. Yeah, be our good friend, taxman Doug Rimmer. But, so, Wes, to kind of... I can't answer that question completely yet, but what I can tell you is that they've been aware of this and they've been having to pull money, even though they borrowed $3 million. <laughs> so they had a $3 million cash injection back in 20, what was it, 2015 or 2016. They still had to move money from this O&M account, um, which is supposed to be a reserve fund, so to speak, in case the dam has a failure, there's some major issues. So 
to you know, put it simply, there, there ain't much money in it. Now, let's hear a quick video. This is about two minutes of video between Renee Hall and none other than Robert Berry himself. My name is Renee Hall, and I'm a American here in Denny. And I wanted to um, back, there was a man in Ed Cooper, very wonderful man that was here when the lake started. He reminded us that there was a mandate with the establishment of this lake that there should be a maintenance, a separate maintenance account. And this was part of the charter that there would remain 250,000 in there as an emergency fund. And um, so my comment is, is that maintenance fund still there. And when we paid our 40000 for our lawsuit, we requested that that be put in the maintenance fund so it didn't go to waste. And um, I just noticed over on the spillway that there are small trees coming out of the spillway, which gives me great concern that should something happen, who's going to pay for the repair? We got the weather a month or so ago, but the spillway inspections and levee inspections are coming up. Uh, ben, I've already given, I think, the information to him, so if y'all have to be involved in that and walk in the levees and spillways with them. So, you know, there is a lot of work, as Ms. Hall stated earlier, you know, and, and she is correct. And yes, there is an O&M account, and there is money in it. Is it enough money? No, it's not enough money. But who knows what it would cost if, if something happened to, to one of the levees or spillway. Oh, wait a minute. Stop the presses here. Are you telling me that Robert Berry just said that, you know what? Basically, everything Renee Hall just said is the God's honest truth. I know. Stop the presses. I'm about to fall out of my chair, and I'm the one that created that little video. But yeah, that's exactly what he said. So. Well, I'm, I'm guessing if you're living in, if you are living in Tiburon or Stonehenge or, you know, uh, Carriage Oaks next to your house, that little video with that, that levee failing is not a comforting video. And you just had Robert Berry, the former park director saying, yeah, you know what? She's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you, I like the fella. I mean, well, I was standing up during that whole uh, two-hour meeting, but I like to fell over when he said that because I wanted to clap and cheer him on. It was unbelievable when he said that, but he did. Ain't In a rare true? moment of honesty, and he's right. Look, $13,000 is not enough to fix a dam failure if that were to happen. And don't think it can't. That Lake Dunlap dam over there in Texas that I showed the picture of, that's the video, surveillance video of it failing, it was at its lifespan of about 50 years. And as far as we can tell, that's about the expected lifespan of the Cypress Dam. Uh, and I guess the Black Bayou Dam as well. So, you know, there needs to be some maintenance, some inspections and all that. And you, your best friend, Ben Ruttenbuck, was right there on top of that, amazingly. Well, well, the way it sounded, the way Robert Berry said that is... Ruttenbuck and them, Manshack, you know, I mean, look, in, in Manshack We Trust has done, uh, been entrusted. I, I'm betting we're fixing to have to put a new dam in on Cypress or Black Bayou, one of the two. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we got a couple of comments here. So uh, David Bond says, can you get a, him uh, 
on Bozier Watch to debate <laughs> Rogers versus Monica. Uh, we're working on that. Uh, and Mark, our Mark Smith. Smith, please get Rogers on. Ask him if he's received his suit papers on his pier. Good question, Mark Smith. Ma Mark, maybe you can get him on. I don't know. I, I'm thinking uh, he, he probably uh, would more likely talk to you than he would us. <laughs> right. All right. I want to play one more video. This is the uh, infamous or infamous, as a, you know, the three amigos put it, Travis Moorhart, who never fails to give us some great quotes. But, of course, I want you all to notice he is addressing the Cypress board only. They won't even let him turn around and address the public. And when he's done, he's got to leave so we can't ask him questions. But I'm going to go ahead and roll this video, too. So let's listen to this. It's a couple of minutes. Okay, you should have three items there in front of you. You should have found up all of the board. You should have an two letters. Um, if you will go to the very last page of the bound article, that is page, that page 31. It will state that there are no finding for question cost for your 22 audit. Okay. If you Look on page 25. You'll get to the good stuff here in about 30 seconds. Schedule that's in the audit on page 25. And it, it's on the, what we call a cash basis. It records what you brought in and what you spent. And you see for the year, you had excess revenue over your expenses of just over $8,100. Pretty tight, as you well know. You're getting you're getting numbers periodically, and you ended the year with a cash run balance right at seventy-five thousand dollars. Here, the, the the good news versus last year is your your ad loan taxes have crept up some, um, about fifty sixty thousand dollars. Your expenses remain almost uh, identical to the prior year. Now listen. If you look on page 14, this this is be your income statement where we record your receivables and your payables. The budget schedule on cash basis. This is on the uh, on the approval basis. Mr. President, can I ask a question? Listen could to this. Could he stand over there so he can face us and y'all at the same time? He's addressing us. Oh, well, I don't want to listen to that. Okay. Oh, this, this ain't a public meeting. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't a public meeting, except it's a public meeting. Now, literally, they make everybody else stand over here. Let me put the little pointer. It's kind of actually behind your picture, dude. But stand over here where the podium is. <laughs> but they make Travis stand up there. And I had to boost the heck out of this audio and try to get it, you know, where y'all could hear it. Because asshat Gary Weish... Uh, doesn't want the CPA to address the public. Gary White, I hope he doesn't go away. I mean, look, oh, we, yeah. we're going we're gonna to have to campaign for Gary White to remain on there. I mean, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. <laughs> all right, so let's continue on. It's a couple of minutes, but I, I, it's kind of important to hear all this. All right, so on, on page 14, it shows that you had you recorded all your receivables and payables. Your excess for the year was 28000 all right, uh, look on page 
21. I want to point this out, and I know you're aware of it. So I just want to point this out on page 21. Your, your ad valorem tax, which funds, you know, the vast majority of the operation down here, your, your last assessment. All right, here we go. Listen up. 2024, which means you'll assess it uh, in 24, June, whenever the assessment is there in place, oh. you'll collect it in 25, you'll spend it in 25. Okay. But you need to act on that soon. It's not something you just snap your fingers and do. You know, you got to give you the assessor, you got to give you know, you're legal and, and get all the paperwork done, so that, that's got to be revoted on by the public. But you, well, he, you he's telling them it's coming up for renewal. For a year, which will be like next summer. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Um, you'll get the money toward the end of 24 and, or early 25 and spend it 25. So. But, but you, you need, kind of need to get on that. The importance of that is when you look at your debt that you have, that you pay on page 23. Listen to this. That, that, that runs you about 350000 a year in debt service. It runs through 27. So, you know, your millage and your debt payments don't exactly match up. They, 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 weren't, they weren't meant to, but I'm just saying that millage, is, getting that millage in front of voters is critical. And Gary Weiss doesn't want to let him address the board and the public yeah, that was there, yeah. but he's going to want us to renew that millager. They're underwater. Yeah, Gary, by all means, you don't need the public at a public meeting to talk about taxes that you want them to vote for. I, I understand that. That makes total sense that you don't want the public to have any idea or understand or have a say in a millage that they have to vote for to renew to keep what you've ran in the ground afloat. I, okay, I got now, it. Makes to, perfect sense to me. To get this, to be clear, the debt service that he was talking about, about $300,000, $350,000, is paying back the $3 million bond loan that they received in either 2015 or 2016. So they're still paying on that. And what he's explaining is if that millage doesn't pass, the bond payment is going to keep on coming. And they are going to have a couple of years after the millage, if it doesn't pass, to keep paying that loan of $300,000. Where are they going to get that from if the millage doesn't renew? Well, they, they don't care. That, I mean, I think they canceled out a couple of votes right there that they needed. Uh, you know, this ain't a public public meeting. You uh, No, uh, this is for us. It ain't for you. Um, <laughs> and look, Alex Vazella, she's like, hey, it's cool with me. I mean, I'm going to send you a bill regardless. I mean, I'll have me <laughs> a late getting, front. She's I'm, getting paid I'm, no matter what. I've been eyeballing that 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 new ha or million dollar building out there for my new uh, house. I'll I'll reconfigure it and have me some lakefront out here. So I'm good either way. I'll send you a bill. Don't matter yes. to me. So there's about another minute of Travis, but just to point out, that's Asshat Gary Weish, who's appointed by the town of Benton. That is Kelly Long, who replaced. Um, oh shoot, who did she replace? Ah. 
I'm drawing a blank. Mel anyway. Allen. Mel, Mel Allen. Allen. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Mel Allen. All when, right. when he when he on his own, you know, uh, allegedly, or, or I, I think it, he he said it in a meeting, he on his own recruited or paid for when he was the chairman or whatever their yeah. headquarters position is. You know, uh, the lobbyist. Lobbyist, yeah, to lobby against Doty Horton's bill to hold all these cats accountable, and they fought it. Yeah. All right. So the one over there on the right that I've got the finger pointing to now, that's newly appointed uh, district board member from the police jury, Rodney Madden. Rodney's a good guy. And that's Alex, Alex Vazella. She's hey. the uh, highly paid attorney from Ayers Law Firm. Hey, you know what she's thinking right there? You, you really want to? Cha-ching, cha-ching. No, no, seriously. Oh. I, I'm, you know what she's sitting there thinking. She's thinking. No telling. I, I can tell you, I know. I know what she's thinking. What's she thinking? She's thinking, should I should I hire Philip Rogers to build my house out there? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, what about Jeff Smith sitting right there? Maybe I'll get him to build my boathouse. Um, yeah. Maybe, there, were yeah. Lo- I'm gonna, there were lots I'm gonna, of good quotes and lots of good um, speeches by folks. So I, I can, I've got the whole video posted. I think I can work a deal with Jeff there and get my pier, and I'll get it about a hundred foot longer. <laughs> yeah, you use the new Philip rule. You just build it as long as you want. I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking she's feeling very confident. Maybe so. <laughs> All right, let's finish finish this up. It's about a minute. But the so. but the real question is, she going to build right across the lake from the halls? I bet she does. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the Halls put up, I don't know if Renee is still watching or if she's watching or not, but, you know, the Halls put up a Dodie Horton sign and the Cypress District took a picture of it, posted it on their uh, Facebook page and made an issue out of the Dodie Horton sign. Well, I have noticed that there are some Dodie Horton signs on Black Bayou as well, too, along with some Jeff Landry signs. I mean, and I'm sure the Cypress District probably have, has no love loss for... Uh, Jeff Landry sends how the AG's office put their foot down on y'all and y'all fought them all the way. But all right, here we go. Anyway. So I think I think what I you know tell you is pretty much most of the years it's pretty tight, you know, depends on how bad the repairs and stuff are and how much legal you have and you know, all good lawsuits and no, notice he mentions legal and lawsuits and their expenses right off the bat. Hey, David Crockett makes an amazing point right here. So for all of you that live in Stonehenge, you know, Carriage Oaks, Tiburon, that we could potentially be flooded, you know, we would say if you had a, you know, one of the damn dams break because of a lack of money being appropriated to the account to help repair and all that stuff, but rather diverted so that Alex Vazella could possibly get her house across the lake from the Hall's place. You know, David Crockett points out that the Louisiana Bond Commission, you know, has to review, you know, any tax millage things. I, I can attest that's accurate. But, uh, you know, he, he said in there, treat people badly. I think a case could be made that the Cypress District ignores the public because Gary White's just attested <laughs> this is not a public well, public got, meeting. <laughs> he, he, he also in so, the same meeting shut Renee Hall down after about a minute and a half and everybody started, I mean, like we almost grabbed our pitches, uh, 
pitchforks and torches. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll let her talk the rest of the time. I mean, I've got, he just gives great sound bites. He's such, so, such I, a I'm wondering what Gary White and Kelly Long, Kelly, hey, you're on the radar now. I'm wondering, hey, and I saw those pics with uh, you at Lynn Lawrence's birthday party, I think. Good, some good job. Uh, hey, I'm wondering what they're going to do if a lot of people at the Cypress District all show up at the Bond Commission meeting and make some expressions like that. Um, seems like people are showing up at lots of meetings these days and uh, things are getting uncomfortable for folks. Boy, wouldn't that be a ruse. Wouldn't that be interesting? Okay, uh, a little bit left. Let's finish up. Things like that, but overall, you're you're still at the end of the year, seventy-five thousand bucks in the bank. Uh, you've got a, another letter there that says agree upon procedure. There's nothing of any significance in that letter. Uh, there, there are some minor exceptions, but there's no findings. They don't equate the findings, so you can just read that if you leave your. The legislative auditor requires these additional procedures in addition to your regular audit. So that's all. And, and that just, we, we have to do those. It's kind of a one size fits all. Everybody does, the city of Osher does that. So that's enough. He talks a little bit more and goes and sits down. Yeah, and no, then, David, David Crockett, that that's not accurate. I didn't say that or I'm not saying that at all. I just noticed that there was a Facebook post that showed that uh, Kelly Long was out at, a, you know, at a birthday party with Lynn Lawrence. And hey, I, I wonder if they but, went driving but, the back roads to see who could jump Dukes of Hazard style highest off of a bridge with a vehicle owned by the taxpayers. Hmm. You talk, Smith, oh, you're you talking. Oh, you're talking. about that? You're talking about in a district attorney vehicle. Yes, I, mean, I am. But this, it would have if it if that in theory happened, it would have been a Cypress district vehicle this time, surely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, West Marriott. Well, first of all, David. Uh, no, hold on. Uh, Mr. Thornhill says, can we uh, get copies of canceled checks through a FOIA request? Technically, it's public information. FOIA is federal. But yes, you can. Now, they may charge you for it. And Wes uh, Marriott says, anyone can request records related to any line item in that transaction list. Give their staff something to do. I will just caution you that, remember, when we send in a public information request, it goes to this highly paid lawyer. And they get paid to fulfill those requests now, every that, time. They, they only get paid in between time that they're staking their claim on, you know, a lot across from the halls on Cypress Black Bayou. I mean, yeah, that's true. it's the only, the only time. Hey, I was wondering, does Kelly Long still, you know, have or splitting a suite at Louisiana Downs with one of the judges up in Benton? She still I do that? Oh, I, I hadn't heard that she's not doing it, so we would have to guess that maybe she yeah. is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, All right. this, this, some of the things that make you wonder, you know? You just never yeah, know. Yeah, so, so that's the deal. Um, we get to see Robert Bear and hear him say, actually, that Renee Hall was correct. Um, he does support term limits. Now, I, want, I understand that you had a phone call. Do you want to... <laughs> Brief us on any portion of that, or? Well, Duke is going fishing. <laughs> hey, I've been told that one time. Uh, that's another story entirely. Anyway, he he ended up being forced out. Um, 
he said I was going fishing too. But anyway, either way, uh, yeah, I did. I got an amazing call. It actually originated in a text. Mm-hmm. Um, the text said, hey, hey, wait a minute. I'm just thinking, is Mark Smith, is he threatening me? Wait. By asking Dude, you if you're going fishing? Yeah, is he threatening me? Well, only if a, it involves concrete shoes and some rope. Is that a veiled threat? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, back, to, back yeah, to the phone call. I, but I got a text out of the blue. So I get this text, right? You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. know that I'm kind of, Mark Smith knows I'm the one of the guys. I mean, there was a lot of people had their hands in it. But, you know, I did make the motion at the, the PEC meeting that kind of got this term limits thing going, right? Mm-hmm. So I got an interesting text and during the course of all of that we ended up you know we had a big sign made and we had some things done i got a text from the printer that did our big sign and he says hey he said uh is it okay if we use the term limits logo and i said uh well i said you know i don't think it's patented or anything i was like uh I'm curious, are you doing this for a political candidate? And and he said, yeah. And I said, well, I, I said, I guess I would, I appreciate you asking. I said, I guess I would need to uh, know, did the candidate support or sign our petition? He said, I have no idea. He said, I'll find out and get back to you. And a short while later, messages back and says the political candidate had not signed the petition. Hmm. And, and I said, and there, well, there are several of those. That's right. There's a lot of those. Yeah. And I said, well, in that case, I said, uh, I would say no. He doesn't have permission. And, you know, he probably is going to need to call us with the uh, Term Limits Coalition to talk about it. I didn't expect anything would happen from there. Well, lo and behold, about 15, 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. Now, drum roll. I still don't have a drum roll sound effect yet, but drum <laughs> so, roll, please. Now, we got to drag this out. Everybody watching the show of everybody running for political office that hasn't signed the term limits petition, what, what, or you, you wouldn't know, but who would you guess would call? What is yeah. your guess? Yeah, I've got it ready to put up on the screen, but I'm not going to show it yet. So we want to see some comments. Who do you think it was, the mystery candidate that signed the term limits petition and wanted to be able to use the term limits logo? Who was it? (laughs) No, Mark, you haven't signed the petition. We haven't seen your name on there. Yep. Michael Ferris says David Montgomery. No, that wasn't it. You're out, Michael Ferris. You, you failed that one. Yeah. Um, Come on, y'all vote. We got to see some commentary. Ha <laughs> Ann Price says Robert Berry. Andy Monica says Robert Berry. Val Baker says Queen, as in Queen David. Nope, Val. All right, Robert Berry is now officially in the lead. Chris Davis says Vince. No. Thomas Shea says Robert Berry. Robert Berry's still in the lead. Wes Marriott says Robert Mills. Uh, he signed it initially, Wes. So he was Robert, he, he literally signed it on video. So I think uh, Robert was the third or fourth person to sign it. He was only yeah. behind. Well, let's see. Chris Smith was first. Tommy Chandler was second. Brian Hammonds was third. And Robert Mills was fourth. They was in that yeah. order. 
Uh, Larry James Hawkins says Chris Marsiglia. No, he didn't do it. David Johnson says Robert. All right, drum roll, please, and we'll do the, what is this, like a gender reveal party or something? I should have like a pink or blue splash. Yeah, so it was Robert, Robert Barry. Barry. Robert, Robert Barry. Barry. Now, are you going to review any of the other? Did he actually call you? He actually called me and we had a conversation. I, I about wrecked. I was going down the road. My phone rings. I didn't know who it was. I answered and I about ran off of the interstate into the ditch. Um, so, uh, look, he was, I mean, there's a million questions that people are going to have here. I mean, look, I was as shocked that he called me. I, I figured he'd just assume take a voodoo doll and stab me to death, but that wasn't how it was at all. And I got to tell you, he was professional and he said, Hey, this is what he said. I'll tell you. He says, you know, Duke, he said, look, he said, uh, you know, I I'm fine with out using y'all's logo or not. He said, the truth is I support term limits. He said, and, uh, if, if y'all don't want me to do it, that's fine. He said, uh, you know, that I, I'm, I'm good either way. And I said to him, I said, well, I said, if you support it, why hadn't you signed the petition? He said, I just hadn't stopped to make time to do it. And I said, well, well <laughs> what's that uh, saying? Politics makes strange bedfellows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said, well, I said, uh, you know, if if uh, you sign the petition and, you know, you uh, and you see the petition sign right there. I said at that point, I said, you know, I think that uh, we would be OK with you using the uh, logo. And so he immediately went and signed the petition and, you know, we confirmed that he did. And uh, shortly thereafter, his person uh, that was doing his media called back and said, Hey, said, uh, you know, has, is Robert Barry signed the petition and is he good to go? And I said, yeah, he signed the petition. He says he supports term limits and, uh, y'all see it right there. Yeah. Now let's be clear. The, this particular term limits petition doesn't have any legal binding. You know, it's not legally binding or anything like that at all. It's to show, support for term limits for the police jury and once we turn the uh, our attention to the police jury everybody that signs it online at uh, bozierterminlimits.com and bozierterminlimits.org uh, it will help us in that battle and I, I, I almost fell out when you told me Robert Barry called you hey hey squirrel real quick Val Baker and Greg Bell who says the year of birth's not on there? Right. Huh? Who? Wait a minute. Am I missing something? Is the year of birth not on there? I, last I thought, the year of birth was on there. Huh. Mark Smith probably, uh, I think, in fact, he uh, has made some comments to that effect. But, yeah, Robert Berry called and said, hey, I'm, I'm all in on term limits. I want it. Let's do it. And he signed the dotted line. So he's just the gift that keeps on giving. No, 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 you come on. You got to have more. All right. Well, there's the whole fact that I also requested his letter of resignation, which 
ended up being the, the Cypress District. Well, Alex did send it back. Uh, he didn't actually do a letter of resignation. He had Ron Machota send a letter to the Cypress District acknowledging that he could no longer serve because he wasn't reappointed, and there's a statute with the two-year moratorium or whatever you want to call it. So he didn't actually do a letter of resignation. He It was an acknowledgment by his attorney. Yeah, but wait a minute. Rumor has it that you got reported to Facebook for that. Well, I posted that. It is posted on our Facebook page, and I shared that in the Friends of Cypress Black Bayou group, and Robert reported that to the moderators and admins of the Cypress, Friends of Cypress Black Bayou group, of which I'm a moderator and an admin. So I just said, oh, oh yeah, I denied the report. Anyway. Right. Well, well, Roger Thornhill makes a comment, and I'll let you read it, and you... you yeah, he says... Uh, Anything to get elected, please. Well, that is. Well, what true. do you think? What do you think he's meaning there? Based on the comment a few lines above about wind blowing and changing direction, look, it's like I said. I, I swear I saw Robert hand his resume to Ruttenbuck at that Cypress District meeting, and when he got up there and spoke for over fifteen minutes. Now, Weish cut Renee Hall off at under two minutes. Barry spoke for 15 minutes, and I'm being a little generous there. Uh, I knew he was, A, either politicking real hard to get hired by Manchak, or B, he was running for another office. I, he was I'm, just being I, ridiculously nice and actually helpful. I, I'm surprised at you. Why? I, I'm, I'm, you're slipping. It's I, I not got a, a bash fest with Robert Barry. I got no. I got no. 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 I got to point out you are slipping because you haven't asked me. You just you just allowed me to skate through this, and I can let it go on and and not even go there. But I would be doing this show, and everybody watching the show. Did, did you ask him about the backhoe? Oh, hello! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> did you ask him about the backhoe video? Did I ask? Did I ask him any other questions? You you're just gonna let me go through I'm this. Sorry. I got. And, on, and I was on my even, soapbox. You know how I get when I'm on my soapbox I, about the Cypress District. I mean, I'm did you thinking. Ask, did you ask thinking, him? And what did he say? I'm thinking the eighty to ninety people here want to know what did you? Is that all you talked about? Was term Robert Barry calls Duke Lowry, and all you talked about was term limits? Did y'all talk about three letter agencies? Anything else? What kind of amateur journalist do you think I am? Heck yeah, I asked a professional question. amateur journalist. Heck yeah, I asked another question, and I guess you want to know the answer, and you want to know the question. I do. I want to know what he had to say about that blasted backhoe video. Well, I didn't say I asked him about that. Oh, okay. But what I am telling you, what I am telling you is I did take the opportunity to ask a very important question, and what may be surprising to you and everybody else watching is, he gave me a very direct answer and really he answered the question and i gotta tell you it's plausible i i it caught me off guard um it caught me off guard but he went further and he said that he wants to come on bozier watch oh this is gonna be great 
but he can't until the litigation is done. Well, that's going to be like maybe even after the election, but it'll still be interesting. Maybe so, but I am telling you, I asked him a direct question on, and just one on one specific issue that was a, a, a big issue. He had an answer and it was a plausible answer. And he said, I can't, you know, I can't talk about all those issues. He said, I respect y'all's opinion. And he said, I, I want to come on Bozier Watch. And he said, I can't until the litigation is done. But when it's done, I'm going to come on. And he said, I'm going to tell the other side of the story. Well, that, I think Kara is correct. Pay-per-view, baby. Who, who, would, <laughs> who would pay a buck ninety-nine to come on here and see us go toe-to-toe with Robert Barry. Look, in all seriousness, and I've said this before, I'll give him credit where it's due. As much as I've been on his rear end and all the shenanigans out there and all that, when we had the high school and the junior league fishing tournaments out there, he was always very accommodating with that, even knowing that I was going to be the one out there shooting the video and doing that. We even spoke at the last or the tournament last year. Anyway, so I'll give him credit where credit's due. You know, He's not 100% a bad guy. I just don't agree with some of the shenanigans going on out at that Cypress District. And maybe, maybe he'll be able to shed some light on it. I mean, if anybody knows the inside baseball out there, it's Robert Barry. No, no doubt. And I can promise you there's a lot more questions than the one question I did ask him. And he gave me a direct answer. He, he did. Uh, it wasn't the answer I was expecting. But he had an answer. He didn't hesitate. And, uh, you know, but I will say this. We, we've we had commitments from other controversial figures in our community that said that they were going to come on the show after litigation. And I, I, to my understanding, that litigation is over with and they still haven't come on our show yet. So, you know, we, we will see. Yeah, that could draw a huge crowd that particular one uh but anyways th- look I- i'm looking forward to this because like like we've said from day one any politician or bureaucrat appointed or whatever that we we talk about or even if we're not talking about you you're more than welcome everybody has our phone number we're easy to find you're more than welcome to reach out to duke or to me and to come on the show and we don't generally treat people badly i mean we may ask some direct questions we may ask some tough questions, but we'll let everybody have their say. At the end of the day, what is most consequential is that all of you in Bozier are informed on what's going on. And just like we showed the definition of fraud, you know, that's in the statute, you know, uh, the politicians shouldn't have that problem. They should, it shouldn't even be an issue for them. It should be just, look, if it's good, you lay it out there to the public. If it's bad, you lay it out there to the public. Either way, let them chew it. Don't make the decision that they aren't able to comprehend it. You know, give it to them. Give it to them. Just like right now. Right now, Rex. You know, um, I guess this was weird call week. I got a, another call. I got, I got the call on Butch Ford and a lot of lawsuits about decisions that have been made by him and the police jury that there's a lot of lawsuits. In fact, it it's put into question just how many lawsuits in Bossier Parish there are against government. 
for bad decisions. Um, what was the other one? I can't even remember. I, I, at the start oh, of the show. Uh, I'm drawing a total mind blank now because I got Robert Barry coming on the show on my brain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. well there, there was that one, but I got another phone call. Another phone call about, hey, I got my, my tax bills in, my property tax bills in. Oh, it's yes. Al it's almost doubled. And I said, wait a minute, do what? And they said, oh, yeah, get ready. They said, tell you need to tell everybody on your show they better they better save up a, a little bit of money because all your property taxes are almost doubling. Well, we need to reach out to Mr. Bobby Edmonston. Uh, you know, he's pretty much the, the man when it comes to the tax assessments, and he would happily explain the reason that some taxes may be going up or whatever's going on. So maybe so, we'll reach out to Bobby and see if he'll come on. So we need to get all our pitchforks ready for Bobby Edmondson? Well, it's like Bobby has told me before. He's like, look, I do the assessments. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> create the laws. He doesn't make the millages. He doesn't even collect the taxes. That's the good sheriff. He oh, just oh, so, okay, okay, okay. So we need to get the pitchforks out for the sheriff. Yeah, but remember they got guns. Yeah, but don't, wait a minute. Don't go into wait, a gunfight with a pitchfork. Well, well, okay, well I'm I'm playing games here. So uh, wait a minute. The the Bobby does the calculating, so we can't get the it's not his fault. We can't get the pitchforks out for him because he just does the math. Right. The sheriff is actually the guy that has to go collect it. They got guns, so we probably don't want to get you know, he doesn't make the rules. He just goes and enforces the rules. So we right. probably don't, and they got guns. We probably don't want to get the pitchforks after them. So, well, then whose fault is it then? Well, it would fall right squarely back on the Bossier Parish School Board, the police jury, the city council, and our legislative overlords down in Baton Rouge. Oh, all those You know, guys. those guys. Those oh, guys that we elect. They that they put reelect on their signs because they've done such a great job that your right. taxes have to go up. Yes, those guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, we definitely got to get Bobby on here to talk about that. Yeah, so we'll reach out and see if we can get him on the next couple of weeks. That'd be a good conversation. He generally does a good job with those kind of presentations. Yeah, right. yeah, he does. He does, no doubt. All right, Mr. Lowry, anything else to talk about tonight? No, no, no. We appreciate all of you uh, radicals who have tolerated and participated in, you know, this uh, expression of uh, tyranny that we are afflicting on local government and the government of the United States by informing you about the atrocities that they commit against you. Um, we appreciate you being willing participants. Yeah, yes. that's what all I got to say. And as we close out, one more comment. Wes Marriott says, isn't the Cypress District a taxing authority? Why, yes, Wes, they are. As a matter of fact, they have taxing authority over about 65 of the 81 precincts in Bossier Parish with a 1.54 millage assessed. That and, also includes businesses. And you know, you know, you know how, you know, we played that song last show, the rich men north of Richmond, you know, so it's, and we're part of that. We're the rich men north of Bossier. I egregiously left out Golden Meadows down there because if the damn dam was to break on Black Bayou or Cypress, you know, Golden Meadows on the Flat River and all that. Going right by there. Y'all going to get it too. So you yeah. know what? It may be Nobo and it may be Sobo, but hey, what happens at Cypress? It affects us all, baby. We in the same boat.
That is true. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, folks. Y'all know the deal. We appreciate all of you watching. Um, got an email you want to send. Proton Mail's been a little quiet lately. So if you got something you want to send completely anonymous, make a free Proton Mail account. Don't put any identifying information in it. Send us an email to bozierwatch at protonmail.com from your Proton Mail account. And we'll take a look at that. Uh, we want to thank everybody. Renee Hall with her Transact Card business. Of course, you and Kara, over 25 years in the mortgage business with Acadiana Mortgage. Uh, Miss Julie Ferris. Send us alone. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael and uh, Julie Ferris with Pelican Training. And then my little companies with my little computer geek company, smartergeek.com, as well as my outdoor stuff that I you know, post some fishing videos every now and then. I don't make any money. It's a good hobby. So anyway, we appreciate all of you watching. We appreciate you watching Wes and for standing up, especially to the city council. And you've had some great articles published over there on Sobo live. So folks, y'all go check out Sobo.live. If you haven't done that and check out Wes's stuff, we're always glad to see other people stepping up to the plate and getting information out there too. Anything else, Mr. Lowry? That's it, everybody. Thanks for watching the show. No updates from the AG as of yet. And uh, hey, see y'all next week, September the 12th. Put it on your calendar. Uh, you know, Senator Robert Mills and school board candidate Adam Bass challenging Robert Mills. We're going to have a debate with those two guys, September the 12th. That'll be fun. I'm hitting the finish button. Let's get out of here, Mr. Lowry. Good night. Good night, folks.